0: All right, so welcome to this podcast. Um, today we want to talk about um, well, we want to talk about stress. One for a number of reasons. One is topical because this is International Stress Awareness Week, and two, in the UK, people are going into lockdown version 2.0 round two of the lockdown and typically when that happens and what I've been noticing I'm sure you too Nicola have been noticing is that in the teams and in the, in the companies that you work with people are the stress levels are going up we're going back into lockdown again what does this mean the second wave um, is upon us uh, or being threatened to, is going to spike. You can see the numbers. We we're looking at the numbers uh, with my uh, wife this morning. And, you know, if you look at May, March is time. And then where we are now, things are spiking again. So there's the stress of that, the stress or the threat to furlough or, um, you know, being made redundant permanently. I've seen Sainsbury's is uh, doing some restructuring. And then it is a number of things that. Could be putting people into a high stress position this week. <laughs> and it is International uh, Stress Awareness Week as well. So we thought that this podcast, stroke video podcast, uh, would be a very um, pertinent time to get this out. So I'm going to introduce myself and Nicola introduce herself very briefly, and then we're going to jump into it and talk about stress as it relates to. The luminous spark model. So, we're going to give you some ideas on how to um, look at stress and then some ideas on what you could potentially do to kind of mitigate that. So, some things to be aware of and then how you might be able to mitigate some of that stress that's happening. That sound about right. Did I miss anything, Nicola? That sounds good. <laughs> that's all good. All right. So, um, I'm Clay. Uh, I know if you're looking at this on one of my channels, you kind of have a sense of who I am but if you haven't uh, I'm a leadership coach a team uh, I was going to say a team guru but I'm not a team guru but I love working with uh, teams in relationship to high performance getting the best out of people um, helping people with the motivations and this sort of inter-team dynamic so learning to and you use a great phrase this morning Nicola about best self best team and that's really what we're both about but I'll let you explain What is it you do?
1: Thanks, Clay. So hi, everyone. I'm Nicola Jones, and uh, I'm a learning and development specialist. I focus on designing learning, which is around uh, the core skills we need for the 21st century, um, focusing on self-awareness and that developing into skills around the ability to innovate, create, and lead from an emerging future, this idea of how we cope with uncertainty, which is super pertinent, as Clay's already explained, uh, particularly today, the day we go into lockdown. So um, I also help people uh, share their intelligence, their expertise by designing learning that they can, um, they can propagate in their businesses as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, learning focus and, um, and designing for, for people to learn and share together.
0: Awesome, and I like that phrase, emerging future. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty neat phrase. I like it. Okay, so let's just jump right into it. We don't want to keep this uh, make it super long, and and we're going to be super focused on the aspects of the Lumina model that we're going to cover. And if people have uh, uh, questions about the model as a whole. And welcome to, you know, give myself or Nicola a shout um in the comments or email us um or DM us um in that aspect. So we're gonna be looking at the Lumina Spark model, uh, which is a it is a it's actually it's one of my favorite psychometric tools. And one of the reasons why I really love it is it 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 has a is a combination of the Jungian psychology and the uh big five. And it gives you a, from my experience, it gives you a much rounded view of an individual in terms of the uniqueness of it so you don't you're not forced into a particular box and but you're you you're able to get a good snapshot of your overall rounded personality so lumina looks at 8x aspects and 24 qualities and the mixture of that for each unique individual in that which is what i really love um, about this particular model. Um, and the thing that we want to talk about specifically within this model is that one of the things that uh, Lumina does is it breaks uh, the, um, comp- has a component for the personas, three personas. And what we want to look at today is those three personas. So the three personas essentially are uh, your underlying persona. And by all means, Nicola, please add some stuff to this underlying. Uh, persona is uh, probably your sort of hidden potential it's kind of your natural you and then there's the everyday persona so this is how you want to be seen and it's your um the way that you present yourself to the world and you do that in a sort of deliberate fashion and then we have this overextended uh persona which is where you go to in times of sort of stress um and when you're under pressure under high pressure and that's the one that we particularly want to talk about today but did you want to add something to that at all nicola i
1: think th- i think the point here is is a w- about awareness mm. so understanding how you show up in each of those uh, personas hel- helps you to manage your behavior so to get ready for this podcast today um because it's also video you know i quickly put on some makeup and <laughs> change my change my shirt and, and generally look presentable this is my everyday persona this is my working persona um, and, uh, and that is a modification of my underlying self. Um, and, um, so that you know, the sartorial aspect, the clothes I put on that, that's, that's just a manifestation of it that we all do, um, to put on that presentable self. And then in overextension, I go somewhere else. I go somewhere different again. And being aware of what happens to my behaviour is is really really helpful. It doesn't prevent it happening. You can't. You can't. Um, you know. You're not. This isn't about ultimate control. It's about awareness uh, and mitigation, if need be, or actual focus and and uh, amplification, if need be.
0: I like it. The awareness piece. Um, I'm going to attempt a piece of technological wonder here, and I'm going to share my iPad so that uh, people can um, see what the model itself looks like. Um, So if you bear with me a second, I will get that up. And then we can take a look at. So what I want to show folks now, one, just so they can get a sense of uh, what the model looks like. um, And then also um, show you how that we can play with the personas within the model as well. So share my... Yep, go ahead.
1: The nice thing about you mentioned earlier, the nice thing about the Lumino model is that it's about taking a humanistic approach. So it's about understanding the complexity of our behavior and uh, taking a kind of nuanced approach to that. So it doesn't put people in boxes. It allows people to see their behavior as part of a continuum um, and, uh, and something that's flexible and adaptable. And these are, obviously those words, flexibility and adaptability are key now to coping with this, uh, this predicament that we are in um, globally in in dealing with um the pandemic uh, and the impact it has on ourselves our families and our businesses
0: awesome and are you seeing the luminous splash now are you i am yeah awesome good so that means that people watching this can see it as well um so and and on that note um i did and i'm not sure if i mentioned it in the beginning uh, that we will make this a podcast as well so there's going to be an audio only version that'll go out podcast form so if you listen to listening to this on the podcast, Uh, we'll include a link to the video version of this in the show notes so that you can see these wonderful visuals that we're putting up on on the screen as well. Okay, so what you're seeing here is the Lumina model. And I mentioned about the eight aspects. So um, as you can read around that, you'll see the uh, eight aspects. aspects. Um, And there's also the 24 qualities, which you don't see on the screen right now. So what you're looking at in this Uh, Image Here is my individual splash. So you can see that I'm very high in inspiration-driven, big-picture thinking and extroverted in terms of the uh, eight aspects and then noticeably um, in terms of down-to-earth. And, and being a uh, uh, discipline-driven and introvert. you
1: just want to um, scroll the screen up slightly? Can you yeah. do that? Because we can't see discipline Oh, you can't right see now. that.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't scroll up, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, it does. Okay. There we go. Can okay. you? Oh. Yeah, got okay, it. So you can see that. Yeah, okay. so you can see that bit. Yeah. So we've
1: got discipline-driven. Now, that's interesting for somebody who's a former uh, U- U.S. Uh, major, uh, Army, Army major.
0: Oh, the discipline-driven bit. Yeah, a lot of people say that they, they can not Imagine or picture me in the military. I haven't spent so much time, but hey, <laughs> that's another story, another time. I'll tell you about that. Um, okay, so what um, the interesting thing about this, and we were talking about the personas, and we wanted to look at the um, particularly the overextended persona. But as I mentioned, there's underlying persona, the everyday persona, and the overextended. So what you're seeing right now is all three um so if we just focus on my overextended um persona and i don't know if you would noticed that right quickly that my people focus um drops considerably when i go into an uh, an overextended position um, and essentially and it's interesting on this one um, and I was, t- I was chuckling to myself as I was getting prepared for this session today is that the fact that, you know, I'm so into people in a natural, you know, underlying and everyday, but when I get overextended, I tend to um, withdraw. Um, and the whole sort of people thing completely <laughs> goes out the window for me um, on that. In so as you were looking, as you're looking at that, Nicola, Nicola, what are some of the what what would you be thinking, or what would you say uh, to me if you were coaching me in this in this space of being?
1: Well, I've been noticing as you already have, you know, what what expands and what decreases, um and it can be the case that we we stop doing something that we normally do every day. As you've said, you normally focus on people. And actually, in overextension, you become withdrawn and your focus on people reduces. Um, And also, notably, you're down to earth and discipline driven, have retracted even further. So you do even less of that. Um, And I'd be asking you to notice what's becoming amplified in overextension. So and how that manifests. So in the inspiration driven piece here, can you just tell us a little bit about how that manifests? Um, What do you notice? And this is a key thing, by the way, is actually noticing your behavior and your thinking patterns. Um, So what do you notice, Clay?
0: Yeah. So a a big thing for me on that is I tend to, you know, focus on my own ability as in I know what I can do versus trying to bring others along in that one and I'm you know and I'm going purely on gut intuition it's like all right I know how to get through this thing um, and I'm going to do it this way and I find that people then become a distraction for me on, okay. on that on that end um so, so
1: a key element of inspiration driven is this uh this ability to work with your instincts as mm. you say your gut instinct your intuition so for you that becomes amplified and it also becomes quite a solo thing right you 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 start to, to focus on your efforts and not a, not a team effort
0: yeah and um i'm not not a big rule guy to begin with (laughs) but processes and rules and things like that go even further i throw them even further out the window (laughs) when i'm in overextended so it's like for me i'm looking for what what works um and that's Generally, pretty much all that's on my mind. What's the thing that's okay. going to work in in this situation? So
1: that's interesting, isn't it? Because that so we've got intuition and we've got uh, a kind of pragmatism here, and this is a really interesting um, illustration of the fact that um, it can overextension can be positive. So if we kind of think of Clay Low, the lone wolf kind of figure, um, you're out there and you're going to you may well be successful because you're you're really being dependent on your own resources and your own ability to fathom what's happening and your intuition around that, and also a pragmatism. Now, it's interesting that, that that's the product of the loss of r- rules in, that you're describing. So, in a sense, that that's about becoming perhaps what might be classically described as more chaotic uh, and, uh, and, and, and less rule-bound. And it might also work in terms of coming up with a solution to a problem in, in extremists. And has that been your
0: experience? Well, it's interesting because when you say chaos, like I like chaos, do you know, <laughs> so, in my normal everyday life, I like, I like chaos. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest thing that I, that I notice about myself is is, is definitely the retraction from um, others. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing that I would say. It's just I'll, I'll withdraw, I'll focus on, you know, me and getting whatever it needs to happen done, um, until I get to a place where I feel like I'm back. And I don't know if control is the right word, but I feel that yeah, I have control of the situation, and then, then I'm able to switch back in to bring other people along. So I'm not. It's not as if I. You know, abandon people and forget about them. I just need them not to be in the picture while I'm figuring a way through this thing and then happy to come back and bring them along after I've done that. Okay.
1: Um, so, yeah. so, so how, what works for you in terms of your, your other colleagues' behavior around you when you, when you notice you're in overextension? What do you need from other people?
0: I think probably the biggest thing I needed is I was going to say, Space, but is it space is maybe not the right word because I don't necessarily want to be left alone. It, it's more, and maybe maybe from people around me, it's just to maybe even just to call it out that I've gone, that I've disappeared and mm. to come back into the room basically. Because otherwise I'm just gone and they may be noticing it and they may need me to be in the room, but I'm gone already. Um, and I know that some people who do work with me and, and family particularly um, and other people that I've worked with over time, um, they've gotten used to it and they've come up with their own coping mechanism as they just, all oh, right, well, Clay's just gone off on his own head, but I yeah. know he'll be back. And so yeah. they just okay. leave me alone and, <laughs> and wait till I return. So, um, so
1: if we just pull back and, and view that from a distance, we're looking at somebody who's pretty self-aware about that behavior. And also, because your family have got used to it and your colleagues have got used to it, they have a sort of permission to deal with you in a certain way. So we've noticed what's going on and we have permission from those around us to behave in that way and a level of understanding. Um, And and that is what tends to evolve over time. The nice thing about working with Lumina is that we can become aware quite quickly and and start to have conversations about behaviour Quite quickly, it's not a question of getting used to stuff over time. We can actually um, we can actually work with behaviour in a quite a proactive way, and help teams to see how they behave in in different uh, phases of beha- uh, of stress or everyday or underlying behaviour. And that that conversation, that language, is absolutely crucial to effective team working, especially now. Yeah, and there's a really big reason for that, Clay. We're doing it right now, we're talking online. So we don't have any of the in-person human contact, the the kind of energy to read each other that we might normally have. And we have to be more explicit about this understanding and this language at this time, because otherwise we're just simply not going to have a way of thinking about behavior and understanding ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge point because you know. While we're on a zoom call you can see me provided I have my camera on uh, but then as soon as the call is done you can't see people in your team you know you're there who everyone is left to their own devices um in their own little space and you don't get to see uh, people's visible behavior um and it's harder to see the full of their behavior get the full effect of the behavior on the on the zoom call so yeah that's a a big piece. And
1: I think I'd observe also, and I'm, I'm really sure of this, that we, we cut each other a lot of slack in person. We have these kind of unconscious default behaviours that give each other, if you, your term space, understanding implicitly. Um, and we, we have those codes of behaviour and those understandings of each other. We may not even realise we do, but we walk into a meeting room, we see who we're working with. We think, oh, I know what how that person shows up and we modify our behaviour. And we do that because we're in their presence, and without that in-person behavioural modification, um, we really have to be much more articulate about what's going on for us.
0: Yeah, no, outstanding. And uh, and I just reiterate what you said in relationship to using the Lumina model. Is it 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 gives a visibility to, you know, what's going on inside, so that uh, one you have a way of uh, sharing yourself, your inner self, uh, with others, and then we also you know, like you and I right now are looking at my um, portrait, have a way of understanding me visibly, and we can have a look at um, how I react to different situations uh, in a visible sense. So it's a great tool for bringing people together opening up that communications and this sort of team dynamic. And speaking of team dynamics, I'm going to switch over now to the team view. Um, So that was an individual view. Um, I want to bring up the team view so that you can, you know, if you're a leader of folks um, in whatever capacity, uh, whether that's at home or um, in the work situation or your charity or what have you, um, you can see how this affects a team. And you're seeing this, yep, Nicola? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we've got a typical team here. What's get, about 10, 10 members there.
1: Oh, you've got some big names in that team.
0: Oh, do I? There's some big names in here. I didn't even look at the Albert names. Albert Einstein. <laughs> okay. Pascal. <laughs>
1: Dorothy
0: Hodgkin. Oh, there you go. So i got some serious folks. So if they were a team... <laughs> This is what they look like.
1: That's um... interesting. And that, that big circle, um, the individual circles with the, with the initials on represent the individuals. And, and, and that's their combined personas and where they sit right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and The absolutely. big
1: circle is is the overall position of the team. So this is a team that tends to, uh, tends to introversion over extroversion, tends to be evidence-based and pragmatic in its approach. Um, But there are, but that is a a very kind of uh, chunked up version of how they show up because individually they've got very different behaviors. So this team would be an interesting, diverse team. um, And it's interesting to notice what's there and what's not there.
0: Okay. No, that's interesting. So um, I'm going to move it to the overextended. So do we want to pick a particular person to follow? And if you can then tell their story. Okay. Um, well, let's see. What, where like? does
1: EH go? EH is at the moment a very big picture thinking, so thinking conceptually, thinking in patterns, thinking about what's possible, a visionary. So yeah. let's watch EH and see where that person goes to when they go over extended.
0: Whoosh! As they gone. Okay. <laughs> now they've
1: whooshed <laughs> over to the to the people focused and uh, and tending to be. Much more uh, introverted than they were in their every, well, they were in their combined personas.
0: Yeah, I think one of the characteristics that come out here when you overextend in the people focus is that you become an extreme people pleaser, and you stray away from sort of conflict, and you want to just accommodate everyone to the detriment of uh, something may be wrong, but you you won't necessarily want to call it out because you want to please everybody. Um, that's in that that sort of situation
1: yeah absolutely so the interesting thing there to do to to watch was how far that person moved Mm. now you'd have to know that person pretty well to recognize what's going on for them Uh, and if they obviously what would be a huge bonus was if they were able to notice it for themselves in the first place and realize when it's happening and then, uh, then recognise where they are in that position. And then the holy grail is what that means for other people
0: Yeah, and
1: to have permission to have that conversation if need be.
0: Now, I've and seen I this. Sorry, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, just the other thing is to notice where the team position has gone. So that's gone from being quite down to earth and tending to be introverted. Overall now, this is a much noisier, more sociable, demonstrative team than it was when it was in its everyday. So you might literally notice that you go from a position of people working quite independently and quietly to being much more voluble uh, and having there just literally being more noise around the place uh, when people are overextended. So that's an interesting thing to think about.
0: Yeah. And I was just going to say that um, I've noticed in some teams that I've I work with when, the, again, if we see this aspect happen. So what I get, and we were talking about Zoom calls, and the, the team managers will be on the team call, do the motivation thing. Everybody seems happy. Um, and so they're quite shocked that f- to find that things aren't as they thought, as in everything is fine. Um, because, you know, certain people don't feel comfortable, one, challenging it, because they feel everybody else on the team seems to be okay. So I'll just be quiet. Um, and. Because they've withdrawn more, they don't they're not forthcoming with the fact that they're not okay. And so they kind of just stew alone. And if you can imagine, you know, in lockdown, they're stewing alone even more so than if in the office. If in, in the office you might see them, they'll be you know, they're more quiet than normal. and um, they're just sat at the desk, you'll be able to read the body language, but you're not you're going to miss all of that. Um, in the sort of lockdown situation and, and doing everything so that of remotely you'll miss that completely yeah
1: and and i think that's the sort of top tip in, in these times is that do not make assumptions about the fact that people who are quiet are okay
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh, check in with people have the one-to-one conversation be it necessarily brief but do make the time to make sure people are okay
0: Okay, I'm going to stop sharing the screen now and we'll come back, come back. And okay, so let's um, let's kind of uh, wrap this up a little bit because we only wanted oh. to talk about the overextension aspect and we'll be doing a series of m- more videos in the future to talk about the overall model, talk about various aspects of the model, um, talk about how it relates to teams and, and how you can use this as a, um individual and coaching as well. So we've got a lot of videos planned. Uh, for you in the future. Um, so um, we've kind of showed you what to look for and talked about a few things that you can do. Do you have any further tips that you would give in terms of a, a takeaway for if I'm, a you know, individually or as a, towards leaders or, or managers of teams?
1: I, I think the important thing is to try and have conversations about what um, what's going on for people. You can't just leap into that. You need to have given each other permission to talk in that way. And that comes from a bigger sense of safety and security in in your in your relationships. Um, so relationships are under strain right now. And as a leader, they, de- they demand your attention. So right now, it's very difficult for leaders to cope with the amount of decision-making, um, prioritization that they're having to do. If you don't focus on relationships, when you turn back to them, They won't be there to draw on and people need to feel understood and recognised right now, even if they're going to be furloughed, even if they're going to be made redundant. People will remember for a long time how they're treated during the pandemic. And in a year's time, in two years time, when we have a a vaccine vaccine in the population and you desperately need people back in the workplace, it's uh, it's going to be important that you treated people well at this time. So for those you have, they're they're working really hard and they need to be recognised for that. Um, And for those who you may need to lose, they also need to be seen and recognised and supported as far as is humanly possible.
0: Awesome. And I would add from a leader's point of view is that, you know, leaders are humans as well. And this idea about self-awareness is, you know, using something like Lumina to understand and heighten your self-awareness about what happens to you. Because... You know, as a leader, you're going to be under stress. You're going to be under tenfold stress because you're having to think for the rest of the team. Plus, you're trying to self-manage yourself, and if you've got a family, so you've got a lot of more pressures on you, and and to be aware of it. And if you, for leaders who are not self-aware, and they um, move into their overextended. Uh, and then, and again, like, you know, I'm glad that I've become self-aware of what I've done, you know, because you just abandon the rest of the team if you go to your normal space and you're just operating out of that to mm. help you cope with the stress. But then you forget about the other nine or 10 other people that are in your team and where they might be. Um, and that's a lot of that's a lot of ask for an individual because yes, you have to extend yourself out to each one of those individuals and each one of those individuals is going to have something different. So you're not going to be able to, you know, give the one size fit all speech to everyone. And, um, you know, a good leader an effective leader is going to tailor their approach to each individual. And they're going to have that understanding of each individual. And again, that's a big ask. I've got to, I've got to change my, energy to match you know joe and sue and jane and and so i'm becoming these different aspects of myself to suit that Mm -hmm. person um and 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 i've got to know where that person goes and i need to be able to be what they need me to be for them to help them through And what you're describing there
1: is a very sophisticated level of emotional intelligence uh, in in a leader, and and that's something that's that's really, really important, that capacity to self-manage. So it may be that a leader merely has moments to check in with themselves and notice how they are and then to manage themselves into behaving in ways which support their team, as you describe. So sophisticated emotional intelligence skills are one of the priorities recognised by the World Economic Forum um, and, and a host of other uh, sort of predictors uh, as skills for leading in an emergent future, and I think that's going to be really, really important. Um, and I'm not the only one.
0: Yeah, awesome. No, that's very good. Okay, so um, I think that's I think that's good. I think I've enjoyed this conversation. And again, as will we say, we'll bring you more of. Uh, these conversations and talking about self-awareness, talking about self-management and emotional intelligence. Again, it's huge on that end. So if you're interested in um, getting your own personal portrait or you wanted to do uh, a team portrait, you want to get your team involved in this, um, by all means, contact myself and Nicola. And then we can have a conversation and go from there. All right, so until next time, uh, I'm just going to say peace. (laughs) Peace out. Peace and love, I think, yeah. Yeah. Peace and love. Take care, Clay. Bye.